Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. Same thing comes in, and this is not something that most people really see. It's more of like a pastoral thing. Is uh, a lot of pastors, I don't necessarily fall into this category as much anymore, but a lot of pastors kind of struggle with what do you do the Sunday after Thanksgiving? Um, there's a felt in certain areas of the church, uh, a felt uh, requirement to spend that week and all of the Advent weeks on Christmas. Um, and that can be uh, kind of intimidating to some pastors. I mean, because some t- in some churches, they kind of expect the pastor to find some kind of new angle or new tidbit or new, new way of presenting the gospel that no one's ever heard before over the last 2,000 years in a way that brings some kind of major spiritual, emotional life change for them. Uh, I'm not that good. Uh, and some will see the Spirit kind of doing something, and then, you know, I just, but it's Christmas, so I have to stop. And we'll pick that back up in January uh, and feel really thrown by that. I remember uh, talking to a buddy of mine who, he'd just been a pastor a couple of years when we had this conversation. And he was sharing that frustration with me. He just, there was this role that the Holy Spirit was going on and uh, it came up to Thanksgiving and he's like, now nah, I just got to stop. I got to do this because that's what everybody expects. And I, kinda stuff. I said, you really don't need to. I said, um, from, from, from my standpoint, uh, in my, my earlier years, I found that if you just use the title slide and put some snow on it, no one notices the difference. Uh, we had uh, one season, no, no, six, seven years ago, we were going through Nehemiah, revival in Nehemiah, and it came up to Thanksgiving. And, um, and that's exactly what we did. Exactly. Uh, as a matter of fact, Chris, you want to, just so no one thinks I'm lying, pink. Uh, you can't find your mouse. Okay. There it is. One more. Think. There you go. Revive us, Christmas and Nehemiah. Never thought twice about it. Uh, and he, he didn't believe me at first until I showed him the slide. I'll tell you what, it took me a good 10 minutes to find that slide again after all these years. But that, that's what we do. We just kind of keep following the spirit, whatever it is. And if it makes you feel a little bit better, there's some snow on it. I'm more than happy to do that for you. That's my love for me to you um, because we will be staying in spiritual growth during the season uh, Christmas we will be hitting hard at uh, Christmas Eve Eve gathering if you're a big Christmas person I'm with you uh, I was talking to a waitress this week and she was talking about Thanksgiving being a favorite holiday and I said well it's really to be honest Thanksgiving is not on the top of my list and so she was trying to guess and so she guessed Christmas would be the number one which I guess makes sense when you're talking to a pastor uh, it's actually my number three holiday um, so I had to explain that to her. Pentecost is my number one, which most people, if, unless if they have Pentecost in their, their church background, don't know what that is. So I understood that she had no clue what I was talking about. Uh, the second one is the day that we get uh, to fall back one hour and we get an extra hour of sleep. We love that holiday at my house. Uh, we change gifts. We send cards to one another. Uh, it's very, very beautiful. Uh, but if Christmas is the top of your list, I get it. And uh, Christmas Eve Eve will be our main focus on Christmas. We still have Christmas going through through Advent as time, time prep, preparation. If you've not noticed yet uh, on Facebook, Mike has uh, written an original uh, Christmas song uh, that, is now, that has been recorded with TSF Worship and JT did all the work, uh, producing work behind it. It's now going out on Facebook. It'll be debuting here next week, I believe. 
uh, and we have a, uh, a plan for that song for Christmas Eve Eve that I think you're really going to like that I'm not giving you any details on. But so we're not playing Christmas. We're Christmas Eve Eve. If my friends come with you, it's going to be an awesome night. It's going to be a very, very good uh, t- time together. Um, but for us, we're going to stay in the, the spiritual growth, which is a continuation of our series over the last few years. So we'll go back to the normal slide. There we go. Um, wait, I did make you a promise. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah. There, feel better. Okay. Feel better. It's Christmas time. We're spiritually going up into the Christmas tree. Okay, so with that, actually, we'll just put all that aside. We'll go to the green slide. Um, with the spiritual growth series, there's a multitude of different topics that we may or may not talk about. Uh, I Personally, with my particular style of preaching is I preach from the overflow of what God's teaching me. So as we go in the series, I kind of made, made a list of some different things. Uh, I use the help of a resource that I, I'm using from Church Growth um, ministries that to kind of get me outside of my box that's part of it and i don't know if we'll cover all these but we will cover most of these we might add some just depends on the whole as the holy spirit goes uh now i just realized everybody's writing them down real quick and now i have to keep on talking until i see you done with your pens and so um how was your thanksgiving uh, so we got it i'll send it out later I promise, if you want me to i Okay, I'll do this. Worship, lay ministry, missions, witnessing, social justice, the distinctive uh, lifestyle, attitude towards ministry, giving, Bible knowledge, fellowship, and service. But today we're going to be talking uh, about, um, about personal devotion. Personal devotion is what we'll talk about today. So, uh, and then worship, I do guarantee we're going to be talking about next week, unless there's something major from the Holy Spirit. And I really hope you come, uh, because there's going to be... Uh, a guest as part of that that I think is going to be a real blessing to you and there we have worship as well. So with that, I want to get into personal devotion. Uh, if you would, just with me, when we're talking about devotion, personal devotion, a lot of times we think about personal devotions. Uh, and if we're having a private time with God, what are the kind of the two main components we usually bring into that? Anybody? Guess? Okay, you want to sit down. <laughs> You're going to have a time with God. You're going to listen to God. You're going to talk to God. What are the two things that you bring into it? Prayer and the Bible. Right. So the word of God and prayer, which is talking to him, listening with him coming back. And so that's what I want to start with, since that's where we normally get into. Uh, and I'm really not sure where we're at as a church when it comes to scripture reading on a personal level, as individuals. Um, I have a feeling of where we're at. Uh, I think, I mean, like mo- most places, we probably have people that are knelling, being in the Word and loving the Word and loving that time hearing from God. I think we have others who probably have not picked up the Bible for quite some time, and it's really hard to find time to be into the Word. Or you have a lot of distractions getting into the Word. Uh, I think we probably have a full spectrum in that, but we've not done some kind of like assessment to kind of get your input on that, to know where we're at. Um, however, I will say one thing I've definitely noticed, and this is not, not just in Bible, but it's also in prayer, is an upswing in conversations with you guys about the scripture and how it impacts your life. I, I'm hearing more in the last, let's say, year, year and a half of people who are saying, hey, I, just, I read this in the Bible, can you help me understand this? Or, hey, I just want to share this, that God put this on my heart when I was reading through Psalms today. Uh, I'm hearing from more people that are uh, feeling challenged to be into the Word. Uh, more people that, uh, well, I, I think one of our, our, our senior uh, leaders was sharing last week that, 
it's easy to kind of get into that, that place where you're standing on the scripture of your youth and you're noticing that today you got that education, but you're, you don't have that same, same level of intimacy through the scripture and it's feeling called back into the scripture. Uh, I myself just recently, probably since about Texas trip, is there's this constant thing within the pastor world of don't just study for you guys basically as well as make sure I'm studying for me and not to, but like I would explain, my, my, the way I teach is out of my overflow. So I never really felt concerned about it, but I started realizing that there, there, there's still, there's still like a certain element of truth to that. So I've been uh, working on bringing in the, the scripture at the beginning of the day just for me. Uh, I decided I was not going to study. During that time, I was only going to read and just take in. Uh, and for me, uh, bless you, uh, I switched uh, translations to help me with that. Uh, I've shared with you the message. I like the message. I think it's a horrible study Bible. Uh, do not use it for your studies, but it's good for like easy reading version. So I switched to that, and I'm noticing the difference as well. So I've definitely seen some flow within that, uh, even though we don't have any kind of measurement of that or any kind of input on that that's formal. Uh, prayer, we do have input, as we've been spending the last three weeks uh, with our prayer assessment. Uh, and we've seen, I've seen a lot of change in our prayer lives over the last two, two and a half years uh, within the church. Uh, not just the prayer group, but just overall in our focus and our desire for prayer. Uh, I will, since it's here, uh, share with you a little bit from that prayer assessment. Uh, when you take everything everybody answered and you put them into categories, uh, for prayer practices, our church uh, scored 86 out of 100. So pretty good. Uh, some of the questions that fall under that are such things as like, who do you pray with? Uh, 100% of those who took the survey said alone. Uh, the number two answer dropped half of that, 50%, uh, pray at church. Uh, so I don't know what you guys are doing when I'm babbling up here, but 50% uh, do pray at church or with church friends. Uh, and then the next uh, one would be a, kind of a tie between praying for my spouse or praying for my friends that are outside church. Those are both in the mid-30s. Um, and I, I really encourage you to be praying with your spouse. That's an area that Jenny and I can be growing in, uh, that, that I should be the leader of, and I'm really bad at that outside of Mills. So that's something that I kind of had to reflect upon as well. Uh, the other question that's in that is uh, most time I pray, 70% of you said it, uh, or 76% said at random times. I think that's good. We're supposed to be praying as we go. That should just be kind of a natural habit, habit thing. It, you might be before we do. 55% uh, say you pray in the car which makes me pray that you don't pray with your eyes closed. The bed, uh, going to bed, 48%, and, uh, that you have a personal time. Less than half of us have a personal time, according to this, which is 43%. Uh, beliefs about prayer, we scored 93 out of 100. Good job. You guys are in the A, plus, in the a range there. 83% um, of us believe that prayers are answered. Uh, and then 95% of us say, I see act, God acted actively involved through my prayers um, that in some ways baffles me if 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 we're in an, like 95 percent you know nine and a half out of ten of us is that weird half nine and a half out of ten of us see God actively involved in our prayers but only uh, two eight out of the ten believe that, get, that prayers get answered um, so I think I think that's maybe reflecting more on how God moves and reminding ourselves to see what we, we see God doing. Well, a lot of times I think we put our focus on he's not answering fast enough. Um, next slide. Personal prayer experiences. Uh, hey, high C, C plus. 78 out of 100. 
Uh, when you guys rated your prayer life, uh, that's either poor, not good, okay, good, or excellent. 0% said poor, yay. 10% not good. 45% said it's okay. Good said uh, was a 45%, and excellent was at zero. Biggest uh, impediment to prayer life, 69% of us say we get distracted when we're praying. I think everybody could pretty much shake their head on that and kind of get a little bit of feel of that. Next one, uh, next greatest one is 14%. I don't know what to say, and I'm hoping we can work on that a little bit. Uh, and 2% was too busy, and I think that number's crap. I don't know about you, but like everybody I talk to when it comes to struggling with Bible, struggling with prayer, busy is the number one answer I get all the time. Uh, that, that makes me think that we are so busy that we don't even realize that we're too busy. That's my guess. Prayer call to a church, 87 out of 100, B+. 100% uh, of you said that you've seen the power of prayer in our church. Yay! Either that or you're sucking up. 80%, the ones that laughed are guilty. 80% says, does your church uh, help you in prayer? 80% says yes. So 20% uh, does not feel that. So, mostly good. Some individual concerns within that that I would love to talk to people more about on the one-to-ones, if they want to talk to me one-on-ones, if we can help them. But, but overall, it was good, unless if you bring in how many people did not take it. Um, there is... Hmm? Too late. Yeah, three weeks. 29 did not take it out of those that would be expected to say that their fellowship person would, uh, which means 28% of us did not take the, the survey. Now, there's a billion reasons for that. Uh, it could be that you don't have uh, technic technology impaired uh, and cannot do those type of things. I get that. Uh, if I add those people up in my head that I know, I would say four out of the 29 fall in that category. Uh, some of us forgot, some of us are too busy. Uh, but one of the possibilities, and it is one that we have to keep in mind, is apathy. Either apathy, because I don't like doing surveys, I don't care if the pastor asks me. As a matter of fact, I'm even annoyed that the pastor asked me of that. I don't like when we do those kind of things. Or, I don't have much of a prayer life, I really have nothing to share with you, so I'm just not going to take it. I still don't understand what happened to the three people that started it and never finished it. Uh, maybe you had a fire in the house, maybe you had to go save a kitten, I don't know. Uh, but there's a lot of different things within that that greatly skew these numbers to where we really don't know. We really don't know. What I do know is that people are excited about prayer, told us they're excited about prayer. So, we, uh, but nonetheless, I still see a big, big intake uh, or increase, like with Bible, of people talking about prayer, us having a focus on prayer. It's a repeated thing that keeps coming up through the Holy Spirit. And so I'm excited that we can look at both of those today. Now, so what we're going to get into, if you guys will go ahead and get your Bibles out, we're going to go to Psalms 145. So that's not the one I told the worship team about. Oh, by the way, if anybody ever really wants to look at it, it doesn't say names or anything, but here's the, here's the report generated. Okay, so this is a four-chair study. All of our studies are four-chair study, but I want to bring that up now for this particular reason. That means everything that I teach today or we experience today is for you and for you to share to somebody else. Everything that God has ever put into us is to take out. Like, like I said with the uh, leadership retreat, like I said with the Dallas trip, God, may you invest into me so I can invest it into others. That should be all of our prayers as we go into the Word of God together. So that's where we're heading, and we're going to go into Psalms 145, and we're going to look at a prayer of David um, that I think we can pull quite a bit from. Um, now, this 
psalm is, and again, when I say psalm, I say prayer. This prayer of David, he just happened to be a musician and like to put a little bit of quotes behind it, um, is a worship song that from beginning to end is all about the greatness of God. And we're going to talk about that. He has other songs, other psalms, other prayers that start out with, God, everybody's against me. God, my life is falling apart. God, they're coming against me. Put me in the fortress. Protect me. Come against my enemies. Take them down. Everything's overwhelmed to him. And then he'll say, but you are God. You are my fortress. And he'll start focusing on his prayer on God, and the next thing you know, he's breaking out in praise again. When you get time this week, go through the Psalms and find some of those as well. Because there's no one way to pray. That's my only, my only concern about this one. For those who said, I don't know what to pray, there is no one right answer to that. And God can handle anything you want to say to him. Anything that you've got going on. If you, if you think, I can't do this anymore by myself, I have no more answers, he wants to hear about that. That's part of the intimacy with God. The trick is, is bringing God into it so that it can help you refocus past the circumstances. But this particular one, and again, you can pray these too. You can pray the Psalms. It's a great way. If you don't know what to say, just open up on these bad boys and start praying out loud yourself. But here, here's what we find in this particular song of praise. Verse 1 says, I will extol you, my God. I'll lift you up, my God, my King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in his greatness is unsearchable. Right off the bat, it's just worship. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going, to, I'm going to extol your name, not just today because things are going good, not just today because I happen to get a promotion or because someone said that my you know, outfit was cute or whatever the case may be, but every freaking day, I'm going to lift you up because of your greatness, because of you being worth the worship. Now, there's going to be some resources we'll get, give in. I'll, I'll talk a little bit at, towards the end about this one, but there was a multiple sermons we've done on prayer uh, over the years. And you can go, go to our YouTube channel, look up prayer, dig into them. One that we tend to keep going back to is the Lord's Prayer. And I did not ask Mike and Amanda to do the Lord's Prayer today, but we go back to it a lot because when Jesus says, this is how you shall pray, we want to kind of understand that next little tidbit when it comes to learning how to pray. And when you go through the Lord's Prayer, there's segments to it. There's like five or six segments in a row of what we can bring into our worship. And again, I'll let you go back and, and get into that. I'll put it out on Facebook for you, uh, hopefully later today or tomorrow so you can find it easily. But the very first one, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, is worship. That Jesus tells us to start with worship. Um, when I say worship, we're acknowledging who he is, we're calling him by his name, and hallowed be your name, I'll give you this tidbit, hallowed means bought by the blood. If you go to... Uh, Civil War, I wish Don was here. He, he knows more about this stuff than I do. But like you go to Civil War area and they say that's hollowed ground. That's hollowed ground because the soldier's blood bought that ground. That's what, what hollow means. Hollowed be your name as Jesus' blood has bought this. And so he's right off the bat starting with just a focus on who God is instead of the circumstances around him. Verse 4, our generation shall commend your works to another, to one another and shall declare your mighty act. We'll, we'll continue to pass it down through the generations. Oh, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. Thou shalt pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud 
of your righteousness. Now we're talking about meditating and declaring. Now we're seeing these two things that go hand in hand. It's not just, okay, I'm going to find a couple of nice things to say about God so I get his attention with the worship at the beginning. This is what I meditate on. I don't know about you, but I find it a lot easier to meditate on the stress and the anxiety than I do on God's goodness. David says, I'm going to stay here. This is a conscious choice. This is something I, I have to hold on to. This is something I'll slip from and I'll come back to. But I'm meditating day and night on the goodness of my God, and I would declare it to the world that's around me. I'll declare it to those that, that are struggling as well. I'll declare it to those that are in the chairs that are younger than I am, or that are not, not quite at the same place that I am yet. I'll meditate and declare, verse 8, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is merciful. He is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, every single one, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. Notice this really important switch that happens, and it happens a lot in his, his prayers. He has just switched from talking to God to talking to God. Did you catch it? <coughs> the Lord is good to all. His mercy is over all. Your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. And all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. They will tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. I wonder how we're doing with that, church. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all of his works. Just this constant focus of meditating. He's good and he's knowing. He is good and he is knowing. He upholds all. Verse 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him to all call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. The Lord is near, and he's faithful. He fulfills. When we talked last week about the seven churches and the seven letters, you remember us talking about Jesus walking amongst the, the, uh, the light stands. We talked about just how intimate he is with the church, how aware he is with the church, how he, he, he has judgment upon the church, and how he has grace for the church. In the same way, he walks amongst us. According to this prayer, he is faithful, he is knowledgeable, he is intimate, that he is completely knowing of where you're at, what you're struggling with, what is overwhelming you, what is outside your control, and he wants to talk about it. And he wants to meet you there. And when we learn to meditate upon these things, get past these circumstances and have these incredible prayers with him, we start having a complete and total refocus. Do you notice in this prayer any time that he asks Jesus for anything? Do you notice anything in this prayer when he says, God, I need you to save my butt again? Those prayers are appropriate. They are. But they should not be 100% of our prayer life or else we really have something jacked up. Because we're so focused on the circumstances, we have no clue who our God really is. Does that make sense? Here's the result. Verse 21. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless his holy name forever and ever. Ever and ever. 
I want my life to be like that instead of what I carry around on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I want to be past the circumstances and into this intimacy with my Lord. Um, now, this kind of prayer doesn't happen while he's driving to work and he's got 10 minutes to himself. The, this kind of uh, mentality doesn't happen when he's also watching Everybody Loves Raymond and half asleep in bed. Um, it doesn't even happen if you set up a daily time with the Lord that you look at in a big, um, as a distraction or something you have to get through real quick. I hope this chapter is not that long. Uh, I really don't have too much time to talk to God, so I'm just kind of fitting it in. This doesn't happen with the challenges that we're talking about when it comes to our scripture and our prayer. Because there is a difference between personal devotions and personal devotion. I can give you resources, and we're really good at that, um, to be able to help some of the questions that came up, like in the prayer survey and that I get throughout the week. Again, as I mentioned, if you're struggling with prayer and you want to get a, a start, that video is out there. We'll get that to you. Go through the, the Lord's Prayer. It's an incredible change very quickly if you hold on to it and practice it. Uh, there's other prayer models in the, the Scripture. If you don't know what to say, open up to 145 and start praying it out loud as your prayer. Rip David off. It's not a problem for him. There's plenty of prayers that you can dig into in the Scripture. When it comes to Bible reading, I know a lot of times what I hear is I just don't have any idea how to read the Bible. I've tried. I start with Genesis 1, most horrible way you can start. Um, I need help. Start with the book of James. Um, there's sermons on that YouTube channel. If you search Bible, you're going to find a sermon that goes real in depth on how to read the Bible, personally, for yourself. Uh, if you don't want to spend 40 minutes with me, spend 15 minutes with me. There's a playlist on our YouTube channel called the, I think, Church Conversations podcast. I haven't really put anything on there for, oh, quite some time, but there's a 15-minute how to read the Bible to get you started. Right now, media, great tools. Great tools in the exact same areas that you could be going through. Uh, honestly, there's so many resources out there. If we're not in them, it's on us, not on the resources. Resources are galore everywhere we go. If you want more, let me know, and I'll be happy to help you out. Journaling's a great way to go. Praying scripture's a good way to go. But in all honesty, when David sits down and talks to God, he does not have a to help book in front of him. He just talks to his dad. And you have that same opportunity. And that's really not the point of today's time anyways. Today's time is personal devotion, having such an intimacy with my father that it's just kind of a no-brainer that I crave to talk to him and to hear from him. If you remember last week, and I do believe this is part of the problem for all of us, and I love you very much. I'm not trying to beat anybody else, but we might as well call it. Last week, as we were talking about the, the churches, we came across the scripture with Ephesus and the problem that they have. Chris, if you will put up Revelations 2 for me. God, or Jesus said this to the church. I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand, stand from its place unless you repent. I think we've forgotten our love. 
How many of you guys have ever been in love? And I'm not saying that it, and I'm talking intimate love, like a girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, might not have worked out. They might have been the biggest train wreck you ever mentioned with your life. But how many people have experienced first love? Huh? Okay. Okay. I, some of you guys need hugs after church. Um, I, I would take care of that. Um, we, we, know, we know the general analogy. When you're in love at first, I mean, you're just, you think about them all the time. You want to be with them all the time. The, it, 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 the stress is nowhere near as heavy as it used to be. Anxiety, not so much. Somebody just took a strategy to the back of work. That's okay, because I got some flowers from so-and-so, and they're so beautiful. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's a different, different world when you're first in love with one another. Um, when Jenny and I met, I haven't told these stories for a while, uh, we're unique in every story. Hey, I'm not going to call you out for anything with one thing I have not said to your face. But there is one thing I'm going to bring up that I have not said to your face. Okay. I know. I see you back here. Huh? Yeah, get your chair up there. Way to go, Oompa Loompa. Uh, <laughs> I just saw the preview for the new Willy Wonka movie. See, totally. It's not the first time. Okay, so I thought... Oh, don't walk out of the room like you're sad. I don't need that. These people are already about to turn on me. We all know they love you more than they love me. Um, no, I just saw the preview for the new Willy Wonka movie last night, and who grants that? So anyways, it's in my head. Anyways, so we met at church, uh, Prospect Baptist Church, um, when she beelined it to the back of the church to meet me, and we all know that's exactly what happened. I have witnesses. Um, and then... Uh, we didn't get to talk that much, saw it a little bit later uh, at an event in Prospect that later that day. And I had, uh, again, this is about two years after uh, my first marriage failed, so I was still a little bit gun-shy, um, and my dating life was more casual than anything overly serious. And, but there was something about Jenny, and so I decided I was going to call her and ask her out on a date, and I hadn't done that real well for a while. And so I'm admitting this, and she knows this, I wrote out a script. <laughs> you didn't know that? You didn't know that? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I called her from my apartment at Wyandotte over on the east side of Columbus. I can understand that. Never have children. The, um, <laughs> never get married. Okay, but anyways, so I asked her out, and she was chomping at the bit, so we went out, and we have had, we, we dated for a little over a year before we got married. We, we knew probably a couple months into it that we were heading that way. Uh, Jenny had a rule of thumb that uh, she would not marry anybody if she didn't know them for at least a year, and stay that very quickly. Uh, she had many rules that she stayed very quickly that we abided by. Uh, and so, but we had all of our first, and um, my, my wife was, was incredibly good at screwing up every first that we could have. Uh, I screwed up one. I remember the first time we held hands, uh, we were at a Stephen Curtis Chapman concert, if anybody knows who Stephen Curtis Chapman is. And you, so you probably know his song, uh, what was it, I Will Be There For You, or something like that, I the big romantic love it. Was it sung at your wedding? Yeah, my wife messed it up. Um, <laughs> Because we had not held hands yet, and they're double dating, and she's sitting beside me, and, and he actually even said, Stephen Coach Chapman and Jeff Moore were doing a thing together, and they said, this is the moment, if you've got somebody with you, to hold hands. And I'm like, 
Yeah. Okay, good. I know. I learned that about you. Never happened. Never happened. Never happened. We go out in the parking lot afterwards saying goodbye to a friend. She starts holding my hand. Completely messed up. There was one time out of a house. I had a truck at the time, and yeah, I'm manly enough for a truck. And I had the, the, the tailgate down, and I was sitting there, and she's leaning against me, and we're looking up at the stars. And I can see in her face, like she wants to say something, and I'm like, she's going to say, I love you. As I decided early on, everything's going to be gauged off of this woman. Was she? Nothing. Looks like you want to say something. Nothing. You sure? Nothing. Okay. Go home. Go to bed. Wake up the next morning. Two o'clock in the morning, she sent me an email said, I love you. Well, that was special. <laughs> that meant a lot. <laughs> kind of screwed up the whole star thing. The, uh, now, the third one I messed up was our first kiss because uh, it was my sister's wedding, and we were at Judson Hills at the camp, and uh, I was in charge of pretty much uh, everything from, like, we were doing out in the woods, of, like, running sound and all this other stuff. Everything, of course, goes horribly bad. We're really far behind, but I've decided I'm kissing this woman today. And so... Uh, we drive down, as we're driving back around the camp, I, I drive down by a picnic shelter. I said, come here. She said, okay. So she comes out, I grab her, side to face, I kiss her, get back in the truck, get back in the truck. <laughs> so we weren't necessarily traditional about the romance end of things. However, <laughs> however, uh, I was crazy about her, and I still am. But how it looks today is a little different than then. Because when the stress of life comes in, the stress of children come in. <laughs> when, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll show you the PDF later. The, uh, when the distractions come in, when you get used to each other, it does get harder, doesn't it? The love doesn't change, but it gets harder. And that, that's why when I, I'm working with people that are getting, uh, having a wedding, um, the wedding's great, the plan, and it's fun, but we've really got to work on the marriage too because that's what they're going to be stuck with. And one of the things that I've noticed with Jenny and I is we have differences in how we communicate. Um, and this, again, I'm still in the ballpark of everything that we've talked about face-to-face. -face. But if you want to have some knowledge about an event that happened, come see me. If you want to know every freaking detail about the event and everything else that it reminds her about to go on these side paths to come back to, that is my beautiful bride. <laughs> to me, a two-minute conversation is 20 minutes, and I'm horrible with that. I'm horrible. I've got a lot of my dad in me on stuff like that, and I know I just glaze over, just glaze over, and she can see it. She keeps on going, but she can see it, and it's always in the last five minutes of an episode of something I'm watching. Anyways. And when she gets going, it's almost like my sermons, because she'll kind of go out here and then she'll say the word anyways to get back over here. They go over here to say anyways to come back over here, and eventually we'll get to the story. Cindy, don't hit Chuck on this. I know he doesn't do it. Okay, so to the point of, and this is not what I've said to her yet, I'm thinking about establishing an any, uh, anyways jar, like a swear jar, that she has to put a dollar in every time she says anyways so that I can, you know, buy stuff. And... So, so we'll talk about it. She doesn't have one at work? I said as long as she doesn't have one at work. Because both of you be putting money into it. Yeah, I know. I fully get it. I fully get it. But you know what? The issue with the glazing over is not her fault. It's mine. It's a di well, but the reality is it's a difference. I have to acknowledge the difference, and I need to work on it. 
She can work on it a little, but we both have to work on it. And sometimes it takes disciplines. There's times, it's kind of like, uh, is another thing I've admitted before. I don't do well with little kids. And I get myself ready for it. It's not as bad as it used to be. There was a period of time, like when I'm coming to church and I'm doing something with the kids, I have to psych myself for that. I get myself ready, like this is their time. This is their time, it's not about me. Uh, I'm much better at it now because I worked on it, but it took a discipline for a little while for me to get there. The same thing it is with your marriage. If it takes a discipline to get there, great. But if you don't work on it, it equals failure. If you don't constantly keep working on that love and that communication and that intimacy, it equals failure. And some of us are failing with God. Some of us aren't working with it. Some of us aren't embracing a discipline. Some of us aren't crazy about spending some time with them. I can't wait till this is done so I can just have some time with my dad. And we get to feel barren and we're out of gas and we feel like we're trying to fix everything by ourselves. And that's not how we're designed to do it. My hope for today is that we can have some time just to experience some time with Daddy so we can refresh and remember how good he is, how loving he is, and how great it is to be able to do that as a family. So I'm going to bring Katie up, if I can. Uh, please turn off the microphone, because she talks a lot, she says. I'm kidding on the microphone thing. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to spend a little bit of time in prayer. Oh, and some of that prayer, we're going to bring in um, the scripture as well, which I highly encourage you to do in your prayer life and your devotion time. But if you're, you're here and you need to kind of move around to get some of your own space, that's awesome. I uh, highly encourage that. If you want some on the floor someplace or just whatever distraction you need, if you're near your spouse, uh, if you're near somebody that is a dear Christian friend, uh, don't be afraid to hold hands, pray together. That doesn't really encourage that. If you're at home, I would encourage you to lean into this time as well. Um, again, if your spouse or your loved one is there with you, uh, I would encourage you to hold hands and be in this together. And uh, no matter what's going on, and no matter what you're struggling with, that coming together in prayer, I think, is one of the strongest things we can do and lean back into our first love of Jesus Christ. If you've got kids running around with you, invite them in. Uh, and if they're screaming and twirling and throwing toys at your head, duck and pray. Uh, do your best, but let's give what, 15, 20 minutes to us and Jesus. You with me? Will you pray with me? As I said, there'll be times I jump in and out. When I'm out, just talk to him. Therefore, brothers, therefore, sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that Jesus opened up for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Father, we thank you for your majesty, your grace, your patience, and for never abandoning us. Even when we were the furthest away from you, maybe by action or by heart or by mentality, even when we had our strongest doubts of your existence, what impact you could possibly have. Even when Satan has his impact in our lives that we get to the point of what can prayer do anyways? In those moments, Lord, remind us that outside of your salvation from hell Prayer is one of the most powerful weapons, most powerful communicators, most powerful tools that you have blessed us with. The invitation into your throne room is overwhelming. Brother, sister, there was a time in the Old Testament that you could not go see the king without an invitation. If you went into his throne room without an invitation, it was a death sentence. Unless if the king raised his rod and said, it's okay, they can come in. Unless if the salvation of the power and the authority of the king, you were immediately killed for walking into the throne room. Yet our God pre-approves, raised his hands on the cross and invites you to boldly come May we never become apathetic to that. Father, for some of us here today, we have, or that might be listening, and maybe we've never come and given our life to you. Or maybe it was something we did as a kid because that was part of our family tradition. Or maybe it's just something that we experienced because grandma and grandpa took us to church each week. Maybe we've even had an experience or two with you that we can't explain any other way. And so we try to hold on. But we've never just given our life to you. May we take this moment to embrace the scripture that tells us that we may acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God and believe in our hearts he died and rose again. In other words, I'm done trying to drive this train wreck you're God I'm not and I need you I can't do this anymore by myself we're sinking may they take that moment now now and start a new way a new thinking a new commitment a new meditation that leads to freedom instead of pain. In this moment, may we speak to him, confess to him, cry out to him.
Father, oftentimes when we come up upon your grace and we realize just how beautiful you are and how freeing your salvation and your forgiveness is, we become painfully aware of our own shortcomings, our own struggles, and our own circumstances, Father, because what you offer is so, so much. And at times, Father, I know I feel like I have so little to offer. But in giving you my life, I give to you not just the good, but the struggles. And there are times that I need to cry out to you, Father, like my brother David, because I'm hurting. And there's people in my life that are hurting. There's some areas I think Satan is just coming against so hard trying to keep me just even from this moment with you. Oh Lord, there's things that I embrace if I'm being honest over you and I so badly want to let them go. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need a fresh anointing of your spirit just over me. I need you to take care of my enemies. And I need you, oh Father, to come across the enemies within. The anger, the depression, the anxiety, the resentment, the lack of forgiveness, the lack of faith, the lack of hope. I lift up to you my needs, my name, Father, because you are the only one where you cry out your needs to him. Father, if we're truly leaning into the personal devotion instead of the personal devotionals, our needs are not where we stop. It's the steadfast love of the Lord that is from everlasting to everlasting. It is righteousness to the children of your children, to those who keep your covenant and remember to do your commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heavens 
and this kingdom rules over all. We love you, Father. May Thanksgiving not be a day on a calendar, but a heart set, a meditation, a worship that we do constantly because of how good you are. Bless the Lord, O you, his angels. You mighty one to do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers, who do his will. If our eyes are properly set upon the King of Kings and we properly meditate on who he is, then the needs fade into the background and the worship comes to the front. Bless the Lord, all his works and all his places of his dominion. Bless the soul, O oh Lord. Bless the Lord. sister the scripture tells us that God opens his hand to us we take a moment and just try to imagine that I saw online not too long ago just a couple days ago as most of us know Bruce Willis the actor is struggling in his years and is dealing with symptoms very much dementia-like and has lost a lot of his understanding of what's going on around him. And his daughter posted out a little post of her dad just looking out into the distance, not connected to anything. And her sitting beside him, without looking at him, she just simply puts her hand out. And without looking at her, he just simply puts his hand into hers, and she smiles. Can you imagine God reaching his hand out to you? Psalms 104 says this as we pray this, and I pray that you pray this with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with splendor, and you are clothed with majesty, covering yourself with light as it's a garment, stretching out the heavens like it's a tent. He lays the beams of his chambers on the waters, and he makes the clouds his chariot. He rides on the wings of the wind. He makes his messengers winds. He ministers a flaming fire. 
He set the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. Switch. You, Lord. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took flight. The mountains rose and the valley sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so that they may not begin cover the earth. You make springs gush forth in the valleys. They flow between the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The wild donkeys quench their thirst. Beside them, the birds of heavens dwell. They sing among the branches. From your lofty abode, you water the mountains. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of your work. You cause the grass to grow for the livestock. You cause the plants to grow for man to cultivate, that he might bring food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread to strengthen man's heart. The trees of the Lord are watered abundantly, the cedars of Lebanon that he planted. In them the birds build their nests, the stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats, the rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. He made the moon to mark the seasons. He made the sun to know it's time for setting. Switch. You make darkness, and it is night, when all the beasts of the forest creep about. The young lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from God. When the sun rises, they still away and lie down in their dens. Man goes out to his work and to his labor until it's evening. O oh Lord, how manifold are your works. In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. Here is the sea, great and wide, which teems with creatures innumerable, living things both small and great. There go the ships, but you formed to play in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. And when you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they're dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die, and they return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created. And you renew the face of the ground. Oh, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles? Who touches the mountains and they smoke? I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have been. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in you, Lord. Let sinners be consumed from the earth and let the wicked be no more. But bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord. In the name of Christ Jesus, so shall it be. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500. 
or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.